2: The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Our province's older people deserve to live independently and affordably in their own communities and homes. Learn more and join the movement at skseniorsmechanism.ca.
3: And welcome back to Saskatoon, sunny Saskatoon. We're in the same broadcast booth we've been in all week here at Griffith Stadium. Michael Ball along with Luke Moliner. And the CB Watch, CBA Watch continues. Although we may be inching closer to something getting done. This show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and they'll match your first deposit of twenty-five to two hundred and fifty dollars. We got a great show uh, lined up. We're going to hear from John Hodge, the guy who first broke the story at Three Down Nation about the tentative agreement between the CFL and the CFLPA. Which still we have to tell you has to be voted on yet we'll hear from him at 4 30 we'll hear from glenn Suter, his regular 5:30 spot he's got some interesting thoughts on what's been going on lately we'll also hear from coach craig dickinson who canceled practice today arrest and recovery day they called it they he took the team to the pool as it were and uh because of that we got some news it's on that pool yeah that's why you know what though we've done that before did they go like to we an outdoor that. pool we did
0: that one year to uh, an outdoor pool 2000 six or 2005 db took us when we were working out at the uh the u of r we went to the pool and uh, it was funny so listen to this so schultzy scott schultz Mm -hmm. had been sitting out of practice yeah with a hamstring issue but he was fine in the pool fine he was doing like triple cowbell flips off the diving board in the pool like it was a m- the most amazing recovery we had ever seen. He was big timing us on the field, but when it came to doing how did the that pool, pl- How did that play over? No, well, we made sure he knew about
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the miraculous water, and the then he U- U- was R- right back to not practicing. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's what we know about the deal. Uh, the 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 ratio at seven starting Canadians, 21 on the team will stay the same in 2022. Nothing changes there. But in 2023, we'll have seven starting Canadians, but two. Nationalized or naturalized, however you say it, Americans will be considered Canadians and get to take 49% of the snaps in 2023. They have to have played in the, um, same city for three years and i'm hearing a, the, the the original proposal was five years but what i'm hearing and i don't have this quite confirmed yet but i'm hearing it's four years now in the league so three years on one team four years on, in the league is the is the scenario i'm hearing now in 2024 we're gonna bump that up to three naturalized americans who uh, can take 49 percent of the snaps under the same formula um the ratification bonus will bump up a bit so they'll get I think what it amounts to about $2,000 each in a signing bonus. And uh, so, and just wait. Hold on a second. And the top two teams that register the most snaps using Canadians will get an extra pick at the end of the oh. second round. But here's my thing, though. Luke. Oh, at the end of the second at round? At the end of the second round. Oh, okay. But wait, wait, wait. This is something interesting. So every team... My sources have told me doing some digging. Every team has voted on this deal, except your Saskatchewan Roughriders, who were on a rest and recovery day with coach Craig Dickinson in the pool. And we will talk to Craig Dickinson and really bug him that he's holding up this whole thing by taking his team for a pool day. But anyway, that's why we're delayed now. But here's my thing, Luke. And I want your thoughts. I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I've never professed to be, but I'm going to have a tough time wrapping my brain around this, okay? So we've got seven Canadians starting 21 this year. Next year, we're going seven Canadians with two Americans that can be acting like Canadians for 49% of the snaps. But, Luke, yeah. if the teams, the, t- the the two teams that use the most Canadians in snaps in a game, they will get an extra pick in the Canadian draft in the second round. You get another round. guy that they don't have to use. So what are we doing here? What, well, do no, we, here, I'll tell you what's going to Do we value Canadians we already, or not? So
0: here's here's the projected. Here's what's going to happen. I think, we, I think we were talking about this earlier because um, the agreement, it was sort of like the agreement before. Yeah,
3: only it was three. Here's yeah. what's going
0: to happen, CFL, okay? To everybody listening, mm-hmm. what's going to happen is, you know, back in the day, I was a decent athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say I was one of the top athletes in my high school okay. or my little school. Mm-hmm. I was always picked first. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or second. Yeah. But I was first or second. You were right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's take baseball. Okay. Right? There were kids that weren't picked first or second. And we'd put those kids in the positions that weren't necessarily going to impact the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Left so, field. Yeah. We might, you know, put a couple of them out in left field together so they mm-hmm. could talk to each other <laughs> while we're playing baseball. Right. Here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. First quarter, all's cool.
2: Yep. Ratio's good. Yeah.
0: Second quarter, all's cool. Radio ratio's good. Until the second quarter draws to a close. All-American. Yep. Fourth quarter, mm-hmm. no Canadians. In in that is. All naturalized Americans, the final three minutes of the game. So listen, I'm not trying to influence this either way. I don't believe that's our role. I believe our role, as, an, as especially me as an alumni, is to encourage these CFL guys to get the information and think for yourselves and vote. Yes. However, I'm telling you right now, and we've talked about this, that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. The fourth quarter, there's not going to be any Canadians on the field. There's going to be nationalized Canadians. And in that three minutes, the final three minutes... That you and I know is the most important part of any CFL football game: minimal Canadians, all national. Well, well, yeah, they're going to
3: have to have. They're going to have to have. So in the in 2023, as I look at this, they're going to have to have at least five Canadians aside. But that's
0: but that's all that's going to be on. Yeah,
3: there. that's right. That's, that's right. it. That's that's, that's right. all going to yeah, be on yeah, there. Yeah.
0: And the rest of them are going to be nationalized. So, so, so just understand that that's, that's probably how that plays out. And the reason why I'm saying it now is because, you know, there's stories some teams that voted. So I don't believe that's going to sway. So, but,
3: but here's my thing though, buddy, this is what I don't understand. Um, Fourth quarter, no Canadian. No, we know, but but, but 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 so our incentive is to get an extra Canadian draft pick. So here's the other angle to this. Here's the other angle to this. Can I paint this for you? Yeah, uh, let's, uh, hey, let's paint I, it. Dear I, want, I, I want to play. I want to play because I want to call a football game, and I'm excited. So I'm, I'll be happy a deal gets done. Okay. Yeah. But I always look. We all just like we we're talking about. And they got a whole year to figure this out. <clears throat> the whole cheating angle too, because coaches like the cheat. I the let's pick the two worst teams in the CFL last year, the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Edmonton Elks. Mm-hmm. I'm out of it. It's the last two games of the season. I could, uh, I'm going to dress all Canadians so I can get the extra pick oh, yeah, in the yeah, second oh, yeah, round. Oh, yeah. Right? Hey, d- right? Well, I got a hey, whole listen, Canadian we're, lineup. We're
0: analyzing stats all through the year. Yeah. Right? So as long as some teams look at it and be like, okay, we're close to, we're, yeah. hey guys, we're close to winning this Canadian player we don't <laughs> want bonus. Yeah, yeah. So, Participation well, yeah, medal. Yeah, yeah. Let's throw out. You know, so yeah. and so from yeah. the junior program. Yeah. Don't start our our American quarterback. No, start the other quarterback yeah. just in case. Yeah. You know, yeah. in case what happens. You yeah. know, when he gets hurt. But yeah, you know, there's going to be a way. around. I can't wait till Chris Jones does this because Chris
3: Jones is going to lead the whole thing. Um,
0: and, and, Luke, as you here, should. You here's
3: it? the narrative that I don't like. <clears throat> We've assumed, we are assuming in this league that the quality of play is down because of Canadian players. That is the that is the backdoor assumption here, Luke. This league did not have this Luke, th- this league did not have a good year last year because we were the only professional league that didn't play. Yeah. Okay. There's a difference between Luke Molitor working out in his garage or working out here at Griffith Stadium. Oh yeah. And so that was the whole year. Luke, you've played in this league, you've broadcast, you've been around this league. This I've never and this isn't a cut down to the guys, they're world class athletes. Mm-hmm. But we have one elite quarterback in the CFL. There are no
0: elite quarterbacks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
3: Bo Levi Mitchell's on his way down. Luke, those quarterbacks, except for Nathan Rourke, Zero who, who isn't pro- No, no, but wait. Those quarterbacks who haven't proven them, uh, the quarterback who hasn't proven himself, Nathan Rourke, take him out of the equation. All the other starting quarterbacks are American. Why am I not hearing that narrative from anybody that the American quarterbacks aren't very good? But I don't hear that. Well, what I don't. hear, what I well. hear, yeah, what I hear yeah. is, what I hear is, well, it must be the backup Canadian linebacker that's yeah. no good. Oh, yeah. We need to minimize the Canadians, hmm. and that, my friend, is what I don't like.
0: It's, it's, all, in, it's, 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 the, it's, it's all in your mindset, right? Look, yeah, the Canadians can either it can either be an ally and an asset or a liability. And art right now, you know, the, the majority of the stakeholders in this league, they they consider for some reason the Canadian to be a liability. Mm-hmm. Now the Canadians in U Sport, yes, they come they come and they're not as far developed as far as mm-hmm. you know, some of the NCAA guys. But guess what? They're as talented. They just need a little bit of more work. They need development, right? And that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine we need to create the resources where teams can actually in, invest in developing these Canadians because they, because they're, you know, they turn out and, and they're
3: great. Well, you know and what? So it's a good thing you brought that up because I'm going to talk to Craig Smith later in the show and you'll hear that interview. I'm telling you right he, now. Though. He told you this, he told me this and it speaks to what you said. Brent Johnson, when he came into the league with the BC Lions, wasn't the same Brent Johnson at the no. end. Chris Getzlaff, who was drafted by the Hamilton Tiger, oh. Cats, was not the outstanding Canadian in all. the 2013 Grey Cup. Nope. Uh, Luke Mollander wasn't the Luke Mullender by the end of his career. No. So you're right, Canadian, and you played at a big-time college. Canadians need some work when they come to this league, but they are the bedrock of this league.
0: Yeah, And, that's, and so that's what, so hopefully this, you know,
3: I, I just want to see the
0: guys play. Me too. Right, you do too. Um, but again... You know, we we have to call it what it is. You know, and, and this sets it up for 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 you know those biased American coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 essentially you know limit the Canadian players in really big moments of the Canadian. Football what I want to
3: say though about our football team that we cover and that our listeners love, is that they haven't. At least in their in the mentality I've seen under Jeremy O'Day, mm. they haven't pigeonholed it into a lineman league. No. Like they've got linemen, but we've got mm. we've got the Canadian Air Force again with our receiving core. We've we've done we got Nelson Lacambo in the secondary. Like they've done some things with Canadians at skilled position. Micah Tights, yeah. weak side linebacker, that yep. type
0: of thing. Yep, they've taken the guys that, that they have on their roster and they've tried to find the, the best place for them, you know, related to their ability to, to contribute to the overall mm-hmm. wins and losses of this team. And that's what you got to do, right? So, so again, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. the big, big big piece of this is, is, is the players right now need to understand the information in front of them. And vote. And vote. Because 70%
3: Don't is be embarrassing. 70% yeah. is embarrassing. Well, here's
0: the thing. I don't I, like the players. I hope the players understand this, and I hope someone told them. This is the last juncture point. This is a critical juncture, but it doesn't go anywhere from here. You don't ratify this; it's not getting ratified, and we, we're losing it. minimum six weeks, minimum. And then what you're looking at is viability. Well, is it even worth playing? Can, 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 can the, P, weeks, can the PA? I
4: mean? Can
3: the PA? afford to send the guys home and bring them back no the pa can't afford that
0: shoot the pa can't even afford watermelon on the side <laughs> of the practices during the break no come on we don't want to do all that we just right that this is the most critical juncture point and honestly i will be so disappointed if the deal does not get ratified i will be heartbroken I'll be heartbroken for the fans first and foremost. I'll be I'll be really sad for guys mm-hmm. like you who have been waiting and who have skin the game. I'll be really disappointed for the collegiate coaches in U Sport that are trying to spin a dream to these other kids to mm-hmm. get them to perform to, to, to have a league, right? I'll be really disappointed. But if I find out that hundred percent of the players voted on this, I'm okay with it. I'll be okay. I'll I'll be personally I'll will I'll be crying inside, but at least everybody if if this doesn't get ratified. and you find out that 40%, 30% of the guys didn't vote, I swear it, there's going to be some smoke in the city because (laughs) that we cannot deal (laughs) with. You're
3: right, man. Best way to put it. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll take a break from this CBA talk. We're going to talk a little hockey with Peter Lubardius on the Calgary Flames Radio Network. They're trying to keep their season alive against the Edmonton Oilers tonight on home ice. This is the Sports Cage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM joined by our color commentator uh, Luke Mulliner and uh, there was no practice today. Riders took a rest and recovery day. Uh, They'll vote a little later on the CBA and hopefully we'll have some information for you. you know, mid-evening that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the rest of the CFL will be back to work tomorrow and playing some football. Uh, there's supposed to be a preseason game tomorrow, Toronto and Ottawa so stay tuned. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. By the way, our text line, and it should be humming today, what do you think of the uh, possibility that we're back playing football? Are you mad? Do you care? Uh, are you watching the Battle of Alberta tonight? So many topics to get to. 936 our text line brought to you by Capital Ford. And, yes, the Western Pizza Hotline is where we head and speak with the color commentator of the Calgary Flames Radio Network, friend of the show, Peter Lubardius, big-time rider fan too. You must be pretty happy if they can get this deal done and get us some CFL football because if we don't have football this year, that's not good.
4: Uh, No, it is not. It's it's not good for a lot of people. It's not good uh, in particular in my home province. So, you know, let's get it ratified. Let's get it... uh, looked after and and let's get the league back to work where it belongs i'm uh it's a hockey segment i have i have a few uh you know maybe down the road i'll give you my thoughts on uh this ratio stuff and what needs Mm -hmm. to happen and what doesn't but uh Mm -hmm. we'll save that one my friend for another
3: oh yeah Well, well we'll we love to have you on throughout the year no doubt about it okay so uh Lou I got to admit going into game five if I was a betting man I would say it's the Oilers that would be on the death's door judging by the way the season went I know they had a good uh, stretch with Woodcroft but Calgary was a pretty consistent team all year but Calgary needs to win tonight to keep their season alive are you shocked by that or what are you shocked by if anything
4: well um, yeah I'm shocked in the sense that I thought it would be a long series from the get-go and I thought one thing that Calgary would miss greatly against an oiler team and all their weaponry was Chris Tannin and Chris mm-hmm. Tanev did come back and play. Um, you know, we've touched on this before, but you know, Chris is really, uh, their best defensive defenseman. He's the most experienced guy. He glues everything back there together. He's their best penalty killer. Um, And I thought even in game four, where he was probably playing, you know, at a pain threshold that about 2% of humans would even give it a try, um, I thought he did help settle things down. And I did think the Flames played more to the way they wanted to play and their structure. But, you know, unfortunately, they give up a freebie 21 seconds in. um, You know, and, and the Oilers listened. Um, I've been critical of Conor McDavid at times on this show, Mm -hmm. and I make no bones about it. And the one thing that I was consistent with, Michael, is this. When Conor gets to the point where he gets dialed in and is as competitive without it as he is with it, look out. And to his credit, I don't know if I've ever seen a hockey player Perform quite
3: like this. Yeah, Since that's I mean, my que- that, That's my question to you, Luke. Because you called him uh, maybe the greatest offensive player you've ever seen in your life. <clears throat> I get. Uh, listen, both Wayne Gretzky, fairly
4: gifted. Yes, players. yes,
3: but 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 when you see a guy playing like this at both ends of the ice, with the way he can skate and do things at top speed like that, I don't know that we've ever seen a player like that never. before.
4: Nope, no, I've never. I've, I've never seen anything like it and I've been consistent and stay consistent and that is you know when you're the fastest player with it you can also be the fastest to put it back and mm-hmm. you know since really I thought game six of the LA series I've watched a different guy and I don't know if I've ever seen anybody more dangerous than what he has been and I don't want to take anything away I mean I'm old enough mm-hmm. to you know, watch Wayne in his heyday and watch a lot of people play this sport at an incredibly high level. But you know, he he has he has a look and a determination, and I'll debate this with anybody that I have not seen before this playoff.
3: Largest...
4: I didn't I didn't know when it was gonna now let me ask you, do you see hmm. that too?
3: Yeah, I, I I right now think Connor McDavid's the best athlete in the world in any sport. Uh, if you look around there isn't a dominant who's more dominant and like nobody's dominating basketball anymore <clears throat> nobody dominates NFL football CFL's not even on the field major league baseball you could make a case for Shohei Ohtani but he hasn't done it as long as McDavid um uh tennis no uh you know cuz the Williams sisters aren't where they were and there's yeah, i he's the most dominant athlete in in sports right now and uh i mean will that translate into a playoff victory here i don't know like i'm not writing the flames off like i i maybe i'm scarred lou uh, being an oiler fan i've seen the best i've seen the worst i still think this one's going seven i really believe that uh i know they got to get the six before they can get the seven uh but uh calgary's going to come up with a big effort tonight i'm assuming you're going to feel that too well
4: you know I, I think the fascinating thing about the playoffs in any sport is you know, we can predict and think and analyze and try to break it down. I do know one thing from Calgary's standpoint is that their best people have to be their best people. And since game one, and I didn't, as you know, I thought game one was a complete and utter swap fest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at least in that game... Calgary's best people were on the plus side, and you know McDavid actually, believe it or not, had more points in Game One than any other game, and he was minus one. Uh, That has not been the case ever since. So Calgary's best people have got to be more productive, and that's not to say when I talk about Lindell and especially Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau that I expect them to go out, you know, and outscore McDavid and Kane and Drysital. But, Michael, you can't be underwater. Like, it can't, you know, I, I've said on the show s- several times, as much as I was impressed with Calgary's top group, because, you know, there's 40 goal scorers and an 82-point guy and 200-point guys, I was probably more impressed this year with, and I know plus-minus isn't for everybody, but it still matters, you know, and, and those numbers were like plus-64 and plus-61 and plus-56. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not seeing a lot of pluses. <laughs> no. and, and I absolutely 100% love the goalie, beyond belief. He's made all the difference in the world to this team in so many different ways. But you know, as I've heard in a number of different places, and the numbers somewhat bear the fruit. Well, they don't somewhat. The numbers somewhat bear the fruit. Edmonton's kind of been Jacob Markstrom's kryptonite during his career. So there's one. there's two ways for Calgary for me to get back in it. Their, their best guys have got to certainly be more dangerous and effective. And their goalie, who's a Vezina Trophy candidate, probably needs to be one of, if not their best player tonight.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll get you out and talk some football, too, because you know what you're talking about. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, okay?
4: Okay, you guys have fun. And tell those guys to sign on the right side. And let's get going.
3: That's right, absolutely, man. Peter is right. from, Cal- from the Calgary Flames Radio Network joining us, getting ready for their game tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. When we come back, we'll hear from Three Down Nations, John Hodge, see what he's got cooking as it relates to this CBA and potential agreement. This is the sports Cage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. And this portion of the show brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781 10 77. Our text line is brought to you by Capital Ford. Lincoln at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, Saskatchewan's number one Ford dealership. Zinger, what do we got for texts? Is it uh, heating up over there?
5: Got a couple texts in. Uh, Mike and Moosejaw says, we got to get Schultz on the phone here to talk about him sandbagging into the pool. That would be a great radio. Uh, <laughs> man, listen,
0: guys. I'm talking about missed, like, two, three practices, okay? And mm. this was during double days, by the way. Mm-hmm. This wasn't three days with, of practice. With pads. With, with pads. pads. Yeah. All right. Um, like, oh, my hamstring. Yeah, it's just really, really. And, I, dude, like, I'm talking about Olympian-level diving off of these boards. Really? Like, flips, tumbles with twists. No splash. Well, didn't and this guy's like three twenty, by the way, with no splash? Didn't Este
3: or Barrett say like, "What's going on, dude"? Like, oh yeah, you- we
0: all did. We were like, "Bro, what, <laughs> what are you doing?" And then he, but then I swear, I, as I recall, he didn't practice the next day either. Like, then his
3: hamstring was bothering
0: him again. Ooh, it got tight. You should have seen it, folks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Unreal. He can't. Uh, he's busy on a business trip. He can't help us out, uh, but we will get him on the air. And we'll have yeah, a he's little, in Ireland. We'll have a little back and forth. Anyways, uh, go ahead. What's the next one, Zinger? Yeah, I
5: got one here. I got to fight through the grammar a bit here, guys, so just uh, okay. bear with me here. Hey, guys, I got to uh, agree, uh, but the reality is it's going to force the Canadian programs to improve. It's already starting to look like the Canadians... Are going uh, down south to play in the NFL, the supposed the supposed elite league. By the way, CFL much better game. Did I do a yeah, decent well, job reading that, yeah, guys? Yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah. Not but
3: bad. I mean, uh, the U Sports uh, programs are good. Scott Forey runs a great program here. Mark McConkey runs a good program um, with the Rams. It, it's not the coaching that's you know they're they're running a good program. The I don't know if you know this or not, but the Regina Rams have put five people in the NFL five give me another canadian university that's done that you can't so stop even looking for it so don't tell me that uh, laval uh, they haven't put five from one school it, it'd be it'd be hard pressed they might be the only other one dude there's not a chance that laval isn't the best school i'm telling i'm telling you i i listen i get that what i'm saying is this guy's texting in and saying hey U sports it's it forced the U sports programs to be better the, the
0: that's well, a- well, first of all, that's a good thing. If yeah. we try to force the youth sport programs to be better and invest, we just need to invest more money in coaching in this league. I promise you guys, mm. the this, this league will transform itself. Yeah, if If we find a way in Canada to start investing
3: in our coaches... But that isn't Period. that isn't the team's fault. That's the university's Not the appetite. Team, so you're right about that's that. That's the appetite of the athletic departments and the and above them the universities to do it. And there's only so much money to go around. And that's apples and oranges. And that's why. We need to protect our Canadians. I will say this till I'm blue in the face. And you'll say, oh, ballsy, you're just saying that because you have a sun plan. That's exactly why I'm saying it. Because my kid is seven and a half hours away from here in a rinky-dink town, Grand Forks, North Dakota, which, by the way, is beautiful. And they have an indoor practice facility. They have an indoor football stadium. And they have a weight room that every school in this country would die to have, except for maybe Guelph, that the U of S would die to have. And they're tearing it down to build a $15 million dollar so we need to protect our own people that are trying to have a dream to play professional football because not everybody can go down south to play football that's what it's about it's not about us being inferior it's about apples and oranges and when will people wake up let's head out on the western pizza hotline and talk to john hodge at three down nation i'm fired up Hodge. i'm fired up tell me what you know about this deal
6: Well, I mean, I think the most important thing about this deal is that I think there's a very good chance that it's going to pass, that it's going to be ratified. Um, The bad news is that's what I said about the first tentative agreement. So Mm -hmm. I think this one will pass, uh, but I don't want to qualify that by saying I I also thought the first one would.
3: Yeah. So, but John, but
6: John, so.
3: I don't know, I don't wanna I don't wanna ask you who you blame, but honestly, I look at this and I think I could I could I said this to Luke before he went on the air. This is like it's almost like it's a, a reality show where there are hidden cameras almost. I probably could get two guys in front of the liquor store that could have negotiated this better, and I would have it would have been a better situation because I would have got a free concert out of the deal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like what is going on here? The, uh, I, that I, was
0: my coach's favorite saying to me in college, what's, me and my, my, my yeah. other teammates. Yeah. I could have got a I could have got a drug off Grand River to do that, Muller.
3: <laughs> I could have. I should give him a scholarship. <laughs> anyway, John, like this has been a debacle from day one, it feels like.
6: It has, and I, I do think, you know, maybe the biggest issue that that's come up is, you know, at the end of the day I, I thought the players had a very good offer on the table. It was tentatively struck last week, and obviously there was a big disconnect between the PA leadership and its membership. It seemed as though a lot of players just, I suppose, by default assumed that there would be a ratification bonus as part of this agreement. And I think the reason why this is likely to pass is we now have an approximately $1.25 million ratification bonus on the table split among the CFL PA's approximately four hundred members uh veteran members that would be $3,000 in their pockets. Now, I'm not sure exactly what the number is, but uh, approximately 3 grand and
7: mm-hmm. let's not
6: forget Simone Lawrence took to Twitter angrily saying, "Hey, you know, thir- 30% of players the first time around didn't even vote." Well, if if I'm a player and I know that voting yes is going to get me $3,000 in my pocket potentially, <laughs> That's pretty good incentive to pull out my phone and cast my electronic Mm. ballot in the, you know, 30-odd seconds it will take to do so. So, So, yes, I do think the process was uh, a bit of a clown show at times, including the tentative agreement falling through. But I I think we are close to the end of this thing, fortunately. do,
3: Do you agree that the CFL messed up at the start with their, if it's to be believed, their 10 years uh and no canadian first uh, agreement because it already got the half of the memberships backs up right away already it was because you know if you would have done this if you would have said okay because uh, you start at the extreme and try to find middle ground if you would have said okay um we're gonna go uh 10 years no raises and then uh we're gonna go four canadian starters and then also it's like four. You're cutting us. And then if you ended up six and one, that was one of the proposals. If you ended up six and one, maybe they think, okay, well, we only lost one. They wanted to dump us three. You know what I mean? But if you right away come out and say no, Canadians, their backs already up right at the right out of the shoot.
6: Yeah, and and I think at the end of the day, that was a ploy by the league to try to divide the union, because of course the union is made up half of Canadian players, half of American players, many of whom want, not all of whom, but many of whom want and desire different things in a deal. And I'll give the the, the PA credit, they have not come divided. We have not seen outbursts mm-hmm. on social media, Canadians versus Americans, or vice versa, as we have seen in past CBA negotiations. Now, that said, did the league come in too low? I think absolutely. Right? Uh, and, and bidding low to start, right, that's a common bargaining technique, but you know, if, if you're trying to buy a house, let's say at the at the end of the day it's worth half a million bucks, the asking price is five fifty. Maybe a good place to start is four fifty, and not saying, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks and a pack of bubble gum," because mm-hmm. all you're doing at that point is is you're going to offend the people who own the house. The the realtor who's selling the house is going to think you're a joke, and so yes, yeah, I do think mm-hmm. the league would have been better off not providing that. Uh, what at the end of the day, you just have to call it. It's an insultingly low offer that. The league knew it a million years was never going to get accepted by the PA.
3: John Hodge joining us from Three Down Nation, outstanding contributor to this show and to that website. So seven Canadians this year. Nothing's touched as far as starters, 21 on the roster. Then we got two... Americans at forty nine percent of the snaps. Three in twenty twenty four. If the league thinks it's going well, we talked about the ratification vote. The Riders apparently the only team that hasn't voted. They'll do later tonight, and then hopefully we'll figure something out. When do you anticipate we'll find out a result on the votes? I mean, obviously the ten ten o'clock Saskatchewan times the deadline. When do you think we'll find a result on the vote?
6: I was told by a source that that they anticipate this will be done by eight o'clock. Eastern time, and so that is not terribly far off. That that yeah. is a a good piece of news. Um, I've been asking around. Uh, I, I've I've found that generally speaking, the players I've talked to are reluctant to put a percentage on it. So, you know, they're not going to say, "Oh, I think there's a 99 percent chance it's going to pass." But generally, I do feel a sense of optimism, and I think that totally checks out. Looking at the past history, right? If if the, even half the players. who who sat out the first vote, had voted yes, the tentative agreement would have been accepted. And again, if a player is apathetic enough to not even vote, I do think that getting that certification bonus, right, that that money that is essentially found money, right, to them at least, and should be in their pocket in the very, very near future, I do think that is a good incentive for those players who, while very apathetic about this situation evidently on Monday, I do think that gives them a strong incentive to care about this vote being ratified. Because let's also remember this: if this gets turned down, we're not getting preseason games this weekend, and we could potentially even see players sent home, camp shut down, and that's going to push back week one earnings. So if you're a player, saying, "Hey," so the alternative is you go home, you get nothing potentially for you know however long. But if you if you vote yes, you get three grand now, and you're going to get all your game checks. I know that's an easy decision. For, for, or at least I would think that is an easy decision for the vast majority of players.
3: John, they got over a year to figure out this forty nine percent of snaps thing. Good luck with that. I find this to be an absolute disaster in waiting. How about you? They're not
0: gonna need to figure it out though, Ballsy. What well, they're
3: gonna do is all the teams are just gonna use it in the fourth quarter in the critical moments of the game. That's when it's gonna happen. Yeah, to like they're, they're, but, but that's the thing too. We're gonna like is that that that's the nightmare of this, John, is that like you could see the later stages of the second quarter and a good chunk of the fourth quarter, you'll have minimal Canadians I'm on, the, fi- you right on now. the field. Yeah. Take
0: the safe take the take our safety out. Yeah, put so and so who played safety in college in yep. take the nose tackle out and then just re- rotate it so when when they get the stop all of a sudden now we're taking the left guard yep. out we're putting so and so in and we're even calling them packages right so like as a former defensive player let's just be let's just envision right now Jason Shivers turning around actually no not Jason Shivers let's 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 say you know a defensive coordinator turns around and says hey let's go with the yellow pack yellow pack what does the yellow pack mean? That means the Canadians come off the field, the naturalized Canadian, uh, Canadians go on, they play out the critical juncture, right? So we're gonna, it's, it's going to put some – yeah, I guarantee you that you're going to see that for sure.
3: Yeah. Uh, how do you feel when he says that, John? Do you agree with that?
6: I, I agree with that assessment. I do think we will see veterans brought in at the, at the last moment of games. And I'll say this, I mean, there, there are 20 Americans on a roster – 16 generally are starting because the quarterback, the 17th American starter, doesn't count as Canadian or American. That only leaves four spots, right? And a lot of teams will address an American kicker or a kick returner. But I I do think that, you know, generally in years past, we've seen teams use those very few backup American spots on rookies, right? Who are going to help out on teams or a rotational receiver, something like that. I do think we will see more teams going to free agency and snapping up aging veterans who maybe would have otherwise gone unsigned right charleston hughes in saskatchewan would be a perfect example now this ratio rotation rule is not coming into effect until 2023 Mm. but if it was 2022 and saskatchewan was starting a canadian defensive lineman i could absolutely see okay second half Mm passing situation hughes is going to come in every single time as an American and replace a Canadian. I do and, think that is 100% and, on the and, note. And, I,
3: and I heard that was one of the uh, roster flexibility and to – I've heard a couple of executives say it is to kind of gear to do exactly that, bring in some aging stars, keep them around, uh, some profile guys. So, I mean, there's a way to spin anything. My thing is this, though. It's hilarious. So we're minim- we're trying to reduce Canadians playing on the field, but if you have – the top two teams with the most Canadian snaps, John Hodge, get an extra pick at the end of the second round, which is hilarious, isn't it? That's kind of funny to me.
6: Yeah, it's kind of strange that the teams who already apparently value the Canadian talent the most and have the most Canadian talent are getting extra picks, right? That's It's kind of like the rich getting richer, I suppose. It is a little strange to me. Yeah, well, I,
3: I just think it's strange, too. you get to have a scenario where, let's say, let's pick two bad teams, Ottawa and Edmonton. They're close to the snaps that they need to win, so why don't they just dress all Canadians the last two games so they can get that extra second round pick? And there's a lot of things that need to be worked out here. I just hope we get to a point where we can actually get on the field here, get a seven-year deal done, and then figure it out. Thanks for your time, John. I really appreciate it. Good job reporting, okay?
6: Thanks, guys. Anytime. Appreciate it.
3: John Hodge, three down nation joining us. When we come back, Luke, I do want to talk about those draft picks a little bit. See what I'm doing with my hand. What's that? I'm I'm Rider nation. I'm I'm doing a signal. It's What's like
0: that? the NWO
3: signal. yeah. yeah.
0: Right? The that's when you see a defensive coordinator in the fourth quarter putting up the NWO signal, guess what that means? Nationalized Americans, get in there. Save <laughs> the game for us. Quick, get in there. We need <laughs> you the, it's, a,
3: it's it's the hey no, it's the N it's the it's the NMC. No more Canadians. <laughs> yeah, that's the NMC sign. No more Canadians. No more Canadians. No more Canadians. Anyway. We're not
0: even gonna call the three minute drill the three minute drill, <laughs> we're just gonna call it the American time.
3: <laughs> American game, American game. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
5: what a disaster
3: this is the sports cage for spreads.ca on 620 ckrm
5: all right we're back with the sports cage sports ticker at 452 it's brought to you by bronco plumbing and heating where professional service is guaranteed they'll treat you right 781 2090 so we got the battle of alberta game five tonight can the oilers book their trip to the western conference final well, Edmonton's up three games to one in the Flames. They need a win to stay alive. Puck drop is at 7.30. NBA Western Conference Finals, game five tonight. Mavericks and Warriors. Warriors can clinch a berth into the finals with a win. And uh, we talked about it all throughout the week. No team has ever been down three games to nothing to come back and win a series. And that's what the Mavs are facing. So let's see what happens tonight. Back to Stu. All right, thank you, uh, Zinger, and uh, this show is brought to you by
3: spreads.ca. Uh, before we get to Brian uh, Raymond, I just want to get a quick comment from you, Luke, on, uh, you know, we're joking and everything like that, but let's be honest. there, A seven-year deal is good for the league. Uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing has changed this year, but you always talk about macro and micro. So mm-hmm. micro is right now, but macro is yeah, further yeah. down the road, and... uh they're they're mm-hmm. planning for Halifax expansion yeah. or Atlantic Canada expansion. We play our game down there in July, so you're going to have more Canadian jobs when that happens, if yeah. and when it happens. Mm-hmm. I'm still skeptical. I hope it does happen, but they're planning for it.
0: Yeah, I think I think it is going to happen. And again, if there is a macro and micro viewpoint that you always have to take, especially in these negotiations. Right? You can't cut off your off your nose to spite your face. So I think that you know one of the listen, you and I are going to be be making fun of this 49% natural Mm. Canadian forever. So just get ready for it, Radon Nation. Ballsy and I are going to be relentless on it. Mm. But one of the positive aspects of this is it allows the expansion team to not have that pressure of trying to find the right guys, it allows you guys, it allows the team to draft a team that can be competitive quicker, mm. right? And, and and utilize some of the resources around them. So that's from the capacity side of things, right? Because right. right now, I don't think the U sport system, right? You can it essentially gives U Sport a chance to catch up, or or us to figure out a way to 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 create. You know the capacity within the existing mm-hmm. crop of players to be better as soon as they are, you know, drafted and things like that, mm-hmm. right? So, 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 so there is some positive side to the naturalized American slash Canadian slash Freebird. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Do, 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 do they? You know, we have bring them out. Do they have take them out? <laughs> take take, them, take, them, out, take <laughs> them out! Take them out! Take them out! Hey, let's uh, let's head on the Western Beats online. Speak with Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. How are you today, Brian?
2: I am doing great.
3: Awesome, man. So uh, a nice uh, little bit windy up here in Saskatoon. What's the day like down there in Flowing Springs?
2: It's absolutely gorgeous here. It's sunny, uh, warm, and just a very, very slight breeze. It's, a, it's just a great evening. All right. So uh,
3: tell us about some of the deals on, on the different days that we got going on. And headed into what should be a pretty decent weekend. Might get a little rain Sunday, but uh, Friday, Saturday looking
2: good. Absolutely. The uh, Well, we talked about evening a minute ago. Actually, every evening after six o'clock, you can come out and walk the golf course for just $17. That's one of our best specials. Every day after three o'clock, it's $32. And of course, Mondays and Wednesdays, ladies and seniors, $29 to play golf. And if you're neither of those, we still have a special for you. It's only $39. And, Michael, I just have to tell you, we have a driving range here. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. driving range. It's huge. There's tons of room and not a mat in sight. Everything is natural grass. So it, it's just a great place to come out and practice, work on your game. Uh, you know, it's open. We're, you know, we're, we're selling uh, tickets to the driving range until 7.30 or quarter to 8. So it's just a great place to practice.
3: So if I wanted to just come out and uh, whack a few balls around there on the driving range, what does something like that cost that you said you're selling tickets? What, what does it cost? Like what's a bucket of balls? What, is that, what am I looking at there?
2: Well, the, the biggest basket we've got is 100 golf balls, depending on how much practice you feel you need. So mm-hmm. a, a large basket is $13. We mm-hmm. have a, what we call a small basket, which is half of that, 50 balls for $8. And if you're coming out to play golf and you want to warm up, we have a warm-up basket of 25 balls for just $6.
0: I I can attest to this, folks. Um, That driving range is a thing of beauty. There's plenty of space Mm -hmm. to do your own thing. And, And, yeah... The the big part of that is is the natural grass aspect, right? Yeah. A lot of these driving races have the and it, and and you shoot differently on turf. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so yeah, I, I shoot crappy on I both, up, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, me
3: too, man. Don't worry. But yeah, it's a beautiful course, and I can't wait to get out there. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait till camp's done. Luke's about uh, Luke Luke's peppering me. I've been working hard, so I'm gonna buy myself a set of clubs because uh, I live on a golf course, so I thought I might as well uh, get out and do something. I've I've actually never played Flowing Spring, so I am gonna do that. Me and, and you, we're yeah. out there as soon as you get your clubs. Awesome, Bye. Brian. If people want to join Luke and out on the links there at Flowing Springs. How do they do it?
2: All they have to do is give us a call, 306-543-5050. And you can now book online at flowingspringsgolf.com.
3: Raymond, I'm going to ask you, uh, help me out as an Euler fan. Please pick the Flames to win again tonight, because every time you have, they've lost. So do it again, please.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid you were going to mention that. Uh, you know what? I have no idea. I don't. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, the fl- the, uh, the Oilers have looked really, really good. And and uh, how about Kane? I mean, is this a resurrection or what?
3: Yeah, this is amazing. Well, I mean, it helps that you're playing with the best player in the world. We talked to Peter Lubartis about this. You were a hockey scout before. I don't know that we've. I don't think we've ever seen a player this when he plays like this. We've never seen a player better than this in the world ever in Con- in Connor McDavid.
2: No, you're, you're probably right about that, and and let's not forget about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is a kid when I was scouting. I thought he was a great hockey player, and he just kind of plugs along, does his job, and mm-hmm. plays. Uh, he made a big impact the other night, and uh, let's not rem- let's not forget Tyler Bozak.
1: Yeah,
3: that was awesome. Good call. Yeah, big big goal last night. The Blues fought back hard. Down three nothing. Down four three. He scores the OT winner, three thirty eight into the extra frame. Thanks, Brian. Take care, my friend. Have a great weekend, guys. Good, you too, man. That's uh, Brian Raymond out of Flowing Springs. Go check him and the gang out there. When we come back in the other side of 5 o'clock news, Coach Dickey will join us. I wonder if he's all shriveled up like a prune getting out of the pool, or if he looks like David Hasselhoff running on the beach. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And welcome back to the Sports Cage. Here from Griffith Stadium in Saskatoon where we have the day off from uh, camp because Coach Dickey and the coaching staff took the players to the pool at a pool day here day of rest and recovery they're the last team to vote on the CBA every other team my sources tell me have voted So, and as you heard from John Hodge and if you didn't you can check it out later in our podcast Uh, by the time we're off the air we may know if the league has uh, or the uh, CFL Players Association and their membership have agreed to the deal now the deal as I've been told it's a 7 year deal this year, nothing goes. Uh, nothing has changed. Seven starters, 21 Canadians, seven Canadian starters. In year two, 2023, we've got two American veterans who have been in a city for three years, and as I've been told, four years in the league instead of five will be the natural, uh, nationalized or naturalized, however you want to say it, Canadian. And they'll get to play 49% of the snaps. The league can bump that up in 2024 to three, americans that are considered canadians so therefore dropping the true canadian starters to four for half of the game and uh the ratification bonus is bumped up to i, I think they said four about four what do they say four hundred thousand a team or something like three three thousand bucks a guy is what it comes down to for the veteran players um and and here's the interesting thing too so the canadians in the league, if you're if you if you are with, uh, one of two teams, so two of the teams, let me say this correctly, so it's not clear as mud. Two teams with the most Canadian snaps get an extra pick in the second round at the end of the second round. So there's that they can keep off the field. A li- yeah, there's incentive, <laughs> but not really if we're trying to minimize Canadians. Um, I like what we talked about last uh, last time out with Farhan yesterday. <clears throat> You know, uh, a lot of the complaints are, well, Canadians make more salaries. They make more than some of our star American players. Uh, okay. But it, it comes down to the redistribution of the ratio. If you, like you were saying, like Farhan were saying, was saying, if we... Hey, you can play four Canadian offensive linemen if you want, but you're only getting credit for two. Mm -hmm. You need to play two Canadian offensive linemen. You need to play one Canadian D lineman. You need to play one Canadian linebacker and one in the secondary or one receiver. So it, it distributes the wages. It brings the wages down. And at the same time, Luke, it creates interest in this way nobody wants to have a dream of being a special teams gunner or uh, a backup right guard mm-hmm. they want to be maybe a Luke Mullender a Micah tights a Mike Adam a Braden Lenius mm-hmm. a Justin McInnes do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so where we can have guys be stars be marketable stars uh, so we that should be looked at like you you create your own mess with that whole yeah salary of the six offensive linemen
0: well what it also does is if you redistribute the ratio it, it makes the competition even better in mm-hmm. camp amongst the actual Canadians right? right because right now I mean you know we're looking at a guy like Zach Fry right but we haven't really we haven't really dove into the other Canadians that are on yeah. the offensive lineman, other than ones that are playing, right? I mean, if you have a guy now who Zach Fry is pushing Dan Clark, but also now there's noticeably a guy that's pushing Zach Fry because that Canadian spot isn't guaranteed to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. on the offensive line anymore. Well, that you know that makes things better. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so for competition purposes, you know, you redistribute the ratio and 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 you and you automatically become more competitive as well.
3: So. Uh, part of this was, like we said before the break, this was a um, macro versus micro. Do you really believe, within the seven-year deal, honestly in your heart of hearts, you really believe we will have a team in Halifax? I do.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I, I thought we were close to it when uh, when, when right before COVID hit. Mm. I think that I think that if COVID hadn't hit, you know, what was it, two years, one year away from the CFO? I, I think if COVID hadn't hit, we'd be talking about it seriously right now for next year. That's Mm. how close I think. So you
3: think maybe like year five of this deal we could be looking at something like
0: that? (laughs) Oh, I think around year four. Yeah. Yeah. Year three, four probably. Yeah. I I think that it's very likely. Um, But again, you know, there's – me and you are going to make fun of the the 49% thing and we're going to poke fun of it. But it does create more capacity for the expansion team to be more competitive out of the gate right away. No, we
3: would be uh, – we'd be – We'd be stupid if we thought this was just a slam dunk to pass because we thought last time would yeah. pass. Oh, yeah. If it doesn't pass, Luke Mullander. Smoke in the city. What, it, what, yeah, so what do you mean by What does that mean for the league? Does that mean this league is done?
0: Essentially, what, what we lose is a month, I think. I think you lose a month. Because here's the thing, and that's right off the top. Mm. I'm, talking not, I'm not talking about a month, including preseason. I'm talking the first four games of the year. Because <sighs> I, I think that if this doesn't pass then, then it, there's there's a huge divide within the players but then there's also the 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 I think we'll also see the league say well we, we've run out of patience for this process mm. right so you know you, you'll have to I think you'll have to elect new CFLPA leaders right because because the guys that you know I mean the
3: fact that we're here is on, on the well guys. this that's my next question <clears throat> Randy Ambrosie Brian Ramsey Solomon Ellamian I'm not, I've never and will never call for anybody to be fired. That's not my job. But should their feet be held to the fire oh, should absolutely. there be some sort absolutely. of serious accountability for absolutely. for the debacle that this was cuz i joke about two <clears> guys <throat> in front of the liquor store but this was as john hodge put it an absolute clown show no. we try to get we try to get legitimacy with this league we want to be legitimate we were a professional league we got world class athletes and we do good coaching good players i'm sitting next to a great former one but every time we take a step forward, we take two back. This is yeah. a, this is a joke.
0: You got world class athletes. You've got you've got coaching that's getting better, but you have you have third world poverty mindset um, when it comes to the Canadian game. Um, the Canadians in it. This mm-hmm. is a this is an amazing game, and this is a game that we should really be proud of. Um, but again, there's there's always been some sort of there's always some been some sort of roadblocking in really getting this game mm-hmm. to the next level. And 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 please guys, I saw people talking about oh we've got to compete with the USFL and the XFL. Child please. You don't have to worry about that. I'm telling you guys. Yeah, right, now, yeah, yeah. I've been in the broadcasting business now uh, on this side for six, seven years. I played for nine years. And all throughout, there was always a league that was coming up, and there was always a league that sounded better than the CFL. Trust me. Mm -hmm. But every single time there's a league in the United States, it competes with the NFL, and it gets buried. The only reason why the league – and this is the crazy part. The Arena Football League exists – They may not have a ton of money behind it, but it exists. And the reason why is because it's so different from the NFL. And that's why this game will always endure. This game should always endure because it's different from the NFL. But more importantly, it's in Canada. We should be proud of it. There you
3: go. There you go. And that's right. Our (laughs) rules are different. We need to keep our rules different. I love – I know you're not a big fan, but we're going to argue about this. But I like the Rouge. I like all of it. No, the Rouge are terrible. I like all of it. But I will tell you this. What keeps us different – is, are the Canadians yeah. and and yes. We're not gonna fail to the USFL, man. The USFL, these guys, yeah. these We're guys, not gonna, yeah, we these, don't have to worry about the USFL. These guys are here, buddy, because in the USFL, everybody makes fifty thousand and they get an eight hundred and fifty dollar winning bonus. The XFL, they're not paying their guys big money, no. so they're kind of going to come here. We're always gonna well, have great Americans coming to play football.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is too is like you know, they're the, because of the NFL presence, the any league is always gonna have that second rate mindset. So we never have to worry about. The guys, you know, real real talk. We never have to worry about the USFL, the XFL, all these other leagues. You know, and, and the other piece of this, too, is I always hear the argument, well, they're going to take our greatest players. Well, first of all, you'd be hard-pressed to find some real elite superstars in the Canadian, Canadian football right now, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, that's not a worry either, is them taking our greatest players. That's on coaches, because when you lose the greatest players in quotations, right, you create the greatest players. You create the next generation. That's on coaching, and that's where I'd like to see the Canadian Football League get. I'd like to start getting us our confidence back um, in, in terms of being that that –
3: that league to be proud of Mm -hmm. yeah for sure okay when we come back we'll take a break and we'll hear from coach craig dickinson with get a take on his day in the pool and what he thinks about what's going on in the league and through camp so far this is the sports cage for spreads.ca on 620 ckrm This portion of the show, the Riders Training Camp Report, brought to you by Dagelman Industries, engineering tough, high-performance equipment for 60 years. Still to come today, we got Glenn Suter, Arash Madani. We'll hear from uh, former rider scout, former CFL scout in a number of centers. Craig Smith, who was here the other day. Smitty, Great, you love Smitty. He he said oh, he said to say hi man. to you. His wife Kathy was here. Uh, that dude, two good people. Yeah, top shelf yeah. human being, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, another top shelf human being is Coach Craig Dickinson, who was uh, in the pool today with his uh, team, a rest and recovery day. First question, uh, Hasselhoff, did you wear uh, <laughs> did you wear uh, did you wear uh, water wings or are you a good swimmer?
8: <laughs> uh, no floaties for me. I was able to go in with my shorts only, but. It's still, you know, it's still not pretty seeing me walk into the swimming pool. I can tell you
0: that. Hey, Coach, what kind of diving board guy are you? Are you the, the springy diving board low? Do you go up the higher one, the next level, or, or are you jumping <laughs> off the the, the 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 very highest diving board where the heights are a factor? You know,
8: I uh, I stepped up my game today, Luke. I got to tell you, I rolled in, and of course they're all giving me a hard time and egging me on so i got on the little diving board and the team was saying no no coach go up i ended up going off the high one but i did not dive i just went in feet first but uh that That was that was that was the thrill thrill of the day for me was jumping off the high dive yeah that takes some cojones
3: man yeah it does it's good hey uh coach coach dickinson um uh so just talk about the rest and recovery day when people heard that including me were like okay what's going on the cba's got to be voted on rest and rec- rest and recovery day but uh it really was a rest and recovery day
8: yeah it really was you know the timing was a little bit strange with the cba and all but it was it was one of those days we felt like we had to have um, we'd done hard on them for probably three or four in a row including two padded days so it just happened to fall where it fell, and so that's why I think there was some speculation out there. But it was what it, what it was, which was rest, recovery, and, and meetings. That's what we did today.
3: Okay, Coach, uh, no, I'm not asking you any CBA stuff, but can you fill us in? Because I was told you guys are the last team to vote. So uh, is that what the dudes are doing now as far as you know? You got back from the pool and they went to go do their voting, or, or uh, you know, can you fill us in on that at least?
8: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna meet tonight. We got a team meeting at 6:45, and and uh, Brett Lother's gonna take over the room at that point and, and, and instruct the players on what uh, what the new deal looks like. And then I think the players are gonna vote at that time. So we'll give them plenty of time tonight to vote. And I think I think they'll get it done. And hopefully we'll get some resolution to this. Hopefully uh, later tonight.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, coach
8: ballsy and i obviously
0: have been watching all week and, and i'm glad you mentioned the physical grind that that essentially was from from saturday all through up till yesterday um it, it was it was a really big grind for the did you feel like you got what you needed to out of the guys that you were watching do you, you know what how do you look at sort of the upcoming friday practice and then through the weekend with that game potentially being on tuesday
8: yeah, we we felt like Luke. We needed to push them and really get get the especially the vets get get the vets a little bit a little bit tired, a little bit you know a little bit um, in shape over this last week because we've got a strained schedule now with the with the way the the preseason's unfolded. Is we play our green and white game on Saturday, which will be about you know fifty to sixty plays is what we figured we'll play in that. And it'll be a lot of different guys, so it won't be a, a, a bunch of A's or B's. It'll be really a whole team playing. But then we've got, you know, we've got a, a day off, then another small day of practice, short practice, as you say, and then we play a game, and then a couple of days off, and then another game. So we felt like we had to get as much work as we could out of the, the guys this last week, and then really, um, you know, these last uh, six to seven days are going to be very light because we played essentially, including the scrimmage. Three games in in a week so we'll have to be very careful we want to make sure and, and be fresh for these guys so they can put their best foot forward in these games
3: so when the fans come out here in saskatoon and those that drive down from regina they like to take in the green and white game it's always fun uh 50 to 60 plays will we see many you said it'd be a mix of a bunch of guys a's b's but will we see much of the the larry deans the charleston hughes the sankey's the cody fajardo's the duke williams those kind
8: of guys yeah, we will actually, and you know, I was kind of on the fence about that, but I really feel like uh, they need their they need the reps, and and we're not going to play them a lot in that first preseason game. So if we don't play them a lot in that first preseason game, they're going to go like five days without having really any any exertion because everything's so tight. So uh, the nice thing about the green and white game is it is a controlled practice that we do scrimmage a little bit, but it is, is very controlled and I have a whistle so we can, we can control the pace a little bit and hopefully take care of each other. But yeah, we're going to let the vets play in the screen and white, probably play about 30 plays and then, uh, you know, let the, the young guys take over after that uh, because we need to give them the reps because they're not going to play very much in that Tuesday game. Yeah.
0: Coach, you know, uh, with, uh, we've talked a, a couple times about the hash mark change, um, and, and I'm going to ask you it again. And the reason why I'm asking you is is now that you know you've had the the, the off season to digest it, you've sort of conceptualized it in your head. And but now you've came out and you've had a chance to apply it for an entire week. Um, is there any sort of is there any is there any reactionary sort of pivots that you're making like have you realized certain things that you maybe didn't think of when you first look at these hash mark adjustments whether it's on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball have the changes been pretty much what you were expecting talk a little bit about now that you've actually seen it in real time
8: sure you know in real time luke i don't think it's it's been that big of an adjustment or that made that much of a difference i think uh the logo's the logos now come into play a little bit more because, you know, most of the logos are in the center of the field. So now the hash goes through those logos. I have noticed that. Um, and it does bring it does bring the field into play just a touch more. That field throw is a little bit more doable now. Um, but other than that, I haven't noticed a whole lot. Um, but I think we will see uh, some differences uh, during the season. I think your your quarterbacks will tell you it means a little bit some different things to them in terms of, especially to the boundary now where they get a little more space to work. Um, but we'll see, you know, I think it's still football. And I've always felt for the most part, you know, the game's played uh, where you're blind to the, to the hashes in a lot of ways, because you, you're playing the game with your eyes up. So I think the spacing is going to be the same. It's just on uh, some of those throws to the, to the sideline, both to the boundary and to the field. I think you're just going to have a little bit of different dynamic.
3: Two of your strongest areas are linebackers and receivers. Can you I don't know if you can answer this, coach, but is it better to have too many linebackers or to have too many receivers?
8: I think probably receivers because they run so much. You know, they really run a lot. So I think if you got real good depth of receiver, you you got a chance to at least keep rolling your offense and keep doing what you do. So uh, we do got depth at both positions. That this is gonna be important preseason for in my opinion, the, the receivers more than anything because there's a lot of new faces out there and you want to see what they can do and see how they pick up the offense. So it'll be a good couple of days, a, a good green and white on Saturday to evaluate. And then hopefully Tuesday we got a nice day up there in, uh, in Regina at Mosaic to, to watch them as well.
3: Hey, uh, so uh, the the most impo- uh, popular guy in Saskatchewan besides the head coach and the quarterback is the backup quarterback. He is the most popular, and I think that is a big position this year for this football team. Um, you know, Luke and I have both been impressed with that big guy, six foot seven, Jake Doligala. Um, You know, had some time with the Packers. He was on the Cincinnati Bengals roster behind Joe Burrow, so you you know why he didn't get on the field. But this dude can make every throw seemingly with ease he's big and for a big guy just from what i've watched he can move around out of the pocket so here's the thing i'm interested in coach how can he process because when i look at a guy this big i'm like why isn't this guy in the nfl they you know teams are looking for quarterbacks in the nfl this guy's got an nfl size how did he make it to the cfl uh, will we get to see him quite a bit in that game against winnipeg is that kind of a plan
8: yeah that is uh our plan is to give the quarterbacks equal reps as best we can in the green and white. And then hopefully the same, you know, the same in the first preseason game against Winnipeg. Uh, but to answer your question, he's done a really good job. He's, he's shown the ability to, to make every throw, like you said, and he's very smart, but all the quarterbacks have done a good job. You know, it's it's kind of ironic. I, I asked Jason Moss this afternoon. I sat down with him and asked him about the quarterbacks, what he thought and how he ranked them. And he couldn't, he couldn't tell me who he liked better between the three of them two three four or or three three two four i mean he says they're so close right now that really it's going to be the game that determines how it plays out and i agree with him on that so we'll see who uh who rises in the game and who falls but that's going to be a fun one to watch here in this next week
3: what is interesting coach you can agree or disagree is Dolagala doesn't he's not the same as the other ones they're all like they all kind of have that ride or die option, you know. They can run, they can they can throw Williams, who had a cup of coffee with uh, with uh, the uh, Elks. You have, of course, Mason Fine, who is here, and you have Cody Fajardo. They all got kind of similar styles, so to speak. So I wonder if that factors into a decision when you're when you're making that decision, where you have kind of a similar guy running uh, running the offense.
8: Yeah, it might a little bit, but Dolagalic can move well well enough. You know, he's not as much of a scrambler certainly as Cody is. Uh but, you know, Cody Cody's more of a scrambling quarterback than any of them to be quite honest. So um I think it's just a matter of who who runs who commands the huddle the best, who 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 gives the offense a you know a sense of calm and a sense of, of direction when they're out there and who inspires confidence among the others. And obviously you ought to be able to make all the throws and you gotta be able to extend the play when you need to and all three quarterbacks can do that so it's it's a good room i tell you what i'm very impressed with the quarterbacks we brought into camp
3: have you let yourself think if this deal doesn't get done what that means or are you uh are you if i was betting this sweet sweet craig dickinson cfl coaching money the, are you betting that this thing's going to get done and we will be all systems go tomorrow and beyond
8: <laughs> i'm betting it gets done i think i think the player reps. Uh, you know worked very hard to get the best possible deal for the players and i think they got that and uh, now it's up to the players to ratify it so fingers crossed they get it done and we're uh we're smiling tomorrow at this time
3: well that's the only and that's the only outcome where we will all be smiling i can tell you that thanks for this coach uh have a good rest of the evening okay
8: thanks my man we'll see you guys tomorrow
5: that is
3: Coach Craig Dickinson, uh, the Craig Dickinson Show. He will join us during the season every Monday from five to five thirty. It'll be the only place where he will take calls during the season from you, the fans, for the second half of the segment. So keep that in mind, uh, Monday, Mondays during the season uh, from five to five thirty. Yeah. Yeah, not post game, is there? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, but it could be post game, post game. Oh, you know? Man. Could you imagine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He actually, what's funny about is, no other coach would do this. The one night, it was me, McCullough, and Wes Cates, and we're in that uh, in the lounge there, Harvard 620 Studio, yep. and he rides his bike. Mm-hmm. And he's riding his bike by the windows. So we waved to him, and I said, come in. He puts his bike down. Imagine it wasn't stolen in Regina. He puts his bike down. He comes in, and he does some of the post-game show with us. Oh, there you go. No other. Co- he didn't take any calls. I didn't yeah. expect him to take well, he calls. He probably wanted a beer or something. You guys, <laughs> bet you, you guys didn't buy him, too. No. <laughs> yes. I'm <dude>. in radio. <laughs> You want to talk about cash flow low? Not just the <laughs> CFL. It's radio. Anyway, I do this for the love of the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, this is the sports cage for spreads. Not CA on six twenty CKRM.
1: I spent last night in the arms of a girl in Louisiana
3: and welcome back to beautiful saskatoon a little windy here but sunny we didn't have practice today the riders took a rest and recovery day just heard from coach dickinson they were in the pool working out they're going to vote tonight on the cba the last team to do so so i'm told we're joined now on the western pizza hotline dinner time game time anytime a great time to order western pizza by glenn Souter. and when he joins us Brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. Quality dot ca. Suits 2022, nothing changes. 2023, uh, we got. Uh seven starters but two americans that have been in a city for three years four years in the league get 49 percent of the snaps the league can bump that up to three in 2024 bigger ratification bonus and uh, the team that plays the, the two teams that play the most canadians have the most canadian snaps get uh each get an extra pick at the end of the second round those are the details that i got from a couple of sources just initially your thoughts on what you see here
1: well i always to approach things like this and and issues in life with by trying to simplify and then prioritize and uh, i think to simplify if we can get this deal voted on and the deal goes through that's most important the seven years is excellent as we mentioned and i think maybe if we could pull this as a lesson because you know i i'm frustrated and upset with the way canadians have been talked about and treated uh, i know we can get to that as we go on here but i i hope that one of the lessons from all of this is that we can and this crosses over this isn't just a football thing that we can disagree and we can even negotiate without hating each other uh, you know if you look around the world right now i think you're gonna see that uh, that just doesn't seem to happen anymore if you disagree with someone all of a sudden it means you hate them and you know i I think there was a lot of good from both sides uh, in this package and in this deal. Uh, some good stuff for the players. I think the, the the league benefits in a lot of ways. I mean, some of the positives are there, and and I and I think their projection of of increased revenues is clearly why they both sort of dug in the ground here, and that's really good news that has been lost in all of this. So. You know, it's, I've been frustrated with the way that Canadians have been treated. I'm not sure this is the answer. Let's see how this evolves. But if it means we can get a deal, um, you know, I think it's that's most important.
3: Uh, Glenn, I'll get to some more in a second, but I want to bring Luke in because he's been negotiating deals with the Red Cross. Luke, it's a seven-year deal. My concern is when I look at 49% and we got to work that out and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then bumping it up, Um, and then even maybe the abusive teams just loading up on Canadians at the end of the year when they're out of the playoffs and just to get the extra draft pick that, that looks like they won't use anyway, because who cares about Canadians, um, but there should be some sort of shouldn't you in a seven year deal have a chance to sit down every year and say hey, this yeah, is how it's going yeah, yeah. can we make an, an amendment here or something like yeah. that
0: and you know what that's not something that might be being talked about a lot but you know who knows there may be an addendum I, I mean for for our standard contracts though, like for instance we just we just signed a major one a five year uh, uh, agreement. Um, with, with a really important community stakeholder. And one of the things that we have in, in that, that agreement is, is that, hey, we will, we will revisit this every year, sit down. We mm-hmm. will talk about the challenges. We will talk about some, some gaps we may be still seeing. And if we're agreeable on those gaps, we'll, we'll implement some sort of clause or something in there to, to, to change that gap or to, to alleviate that gap. And add it in, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, sometimes, sometimes it's all in the way your legal team structures it. I mean, there should be there should be the addendum in a seven-year deal, I would think, to 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 change um uh once agreed upon right like for both parties to look at making changes um that they think will will go further along to grow the game mm. i think that that would be an important aspect in a seven year deal you wouldn't want to lock yourself in mm. all the way through mm. so hopefully
3: something like that is in mm. there. okay so let's go back to glenn Suter. glenn um the cfl did a blind survey now, I'm not an expert. I'm not suggesting you're an expert, but uh, maybe you know a little more than me. In your understanding, what is a blind survey? They did a blind product survey. What, what, what can you gather from how that survey went?
1: Yeah, I, I think the basics there is that, you know, again, I, I don't know it in depth, but the basics are that a blind survey means, or a blind study means, that the people that are answering the questions, the, the random fans, uh, sports fans, that were chosen i'm not sure how they were chosen but the random sports fans um, they don't know who's asking the question Mm -hmm. so they don't know where the survey is coming from so the idea there is that you get more true answers i guess again in the in the world of we are allowed to disagree the strategy of the league to make foundational changes or try to make foundational changes policy changes ratio changes rule changes based on this blind survey to me uh, i'll i'll respectfully disagree with that strategy let's yeah, put okay. it that way okay so yeah.
3: basically it came back that uh that we need more we need more talent not enough talent in the cfl <clears throat> now I don't. From what I could tell, it wasn't there that w- that we have too many Canadians, and that's why it's that's why it's not talented. But it seems like some people are, are dotting eyes and crossing T's that aren't there in terms of suggesting that that's why uh, that's why we don't seem to have as much quote unquote talent as we need. We need less Canadians so we can have more talent. Um, you're I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat this. That's,
0: that's... Yeah. That's a, that's a stupid yeah. way to put it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but it's true. But is, it's are,
3: true, Luke, and that's been the narrative. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's I been, know. so, so that's been the narrative. So your colleague at TSN, Dave Naylor,
5: basically
3: um, I'll just call it. He basically uh speaks for the league in a lot of things in my opinion. He talks for the league. He is kind of a water carrier for the league, my opinion. Okay? I'm not saying he's not a good mm-hmm. reporter, not cutting down the job he does. But he, he put out a tweet, Glenn, that opened some doors that basically uncovered some things that I find really interesting. Maybe you can expand on that because I think we need to address his tweet.
1: Yeah, and again, in the, in the sort of the category of agree to disagree, um, I, would, uh, I would declare right now that I've disagreed with many of the narratives that Dave Naylor has created over the last six months. Uh, maybe four months, since the Grey Cup certainly. Uh, But that tweet you're talking about basically reads like this. It is, you know, the question is often asked, why does the at CFL want to reduce the number of Canadian starters? Answer, it believes it would improve the product. And its research says that two groups they want to reach, younger fans and general sports fans, prefer to see best players over Canadians. So that that's the tweet and i i think what's important about that is exactly what you mentioned Balsy, which is it really sort of opens up if if you believe that that's true and by his own admission dave naylor has said in a couple of tweets uh, about a week ago or so that he hasn't been always right throughout these last four months and proven wrong at times throughout these last four months that's by his own admission Um, But if you believe that that's true, then I think that's sort of a revealing tweet to open up a little door there that says this was the CFL's approach, and this was their interpretation of the blind survey that they did. If the blind survey came back, we don't have enough talent, then the conclusion made by the league at that point, according to this tweet, if you're reading between the lines a little bit here, because he mentioned the CFL is the, you know, wants to reduce number of Canadians. So based on that, I would say it reveals that that's how that survey was interpreted when they said not enough talent, and that's what the league decided was the reason for not enough talent. Now, 71% of the starters on offense and defense are Americans. 29% are Canadians. So I I think, again, I I will respectfully disagree that the finger should be pointed in one direction if you believe that our product has been suffering. And, you know, again, you can go back to suffering for one year after a pandemic. Okay, I'm not sure that's when you start to make drastic changes. Again, agreeing to disagree. And I want to bring up one thing, too, with Luke, if I can. With Luke here
3: because Glenn, 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 give me one second because Luke wanted to piggyback something you were saying here, and then I'll let you guys go at it. Well, yeah, yeah, I think
0: think it was a baseless comment too. I mean, a blind survey—it was clearly done by blind people because you know. Here's the thing: there's, there's no, there's no way any survey would glean the result of hey, younger generations want to see best players not Canadians. Um, It's the narrative you spin. If the best players are out there and you're talking about them as being the best players if they're all Canadian then those are the best players there's no way for people to discern who the actual best players are as from from the from the fan base so that would be ideological at the very best and for 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 that sort of information to be conveyed there it would be a, it would be a it's all it's it's a fallacy as a matter of fact when you when you say something like that but then say you know our new Canadians and our new generation want to see the best and not Canadians that's totally like there's no no actual way they would be able to quantify the results of that question. There's exactly. not there's, you know what I mean? So yeah. so that that that's the problem I have.
1: Exactly. And and, and let me ask you this, Luke, because because you do have experience in the negotiations and, and in that world and you know I'm I'm certainly not, you know, a, a top economist or businessman. Uh, but you know, when I think about the tactics, and that's really how it's been categorized, as negotiating tactics. The the idea that, you know, you go high, we go low, and somehow we meet in the middle after going back and forth. You know, I, I would suggest, again, in the world of agreeing to disagreeing without hating each other, that negotiating tactics like that may be sort of more prominent in final sales, whether it's a car you're selling or a or a house you're selling or a boat or something, that you're, you're negotiating high and low and you find a place in the middle and you, and you get rid of it and that's it. It's over. The deal is done. I, I just, again, I, I disagree with tactics. Mm-hmm. In yeah. some cases used by both sides that are mm-hmm. trying to build a partnership at the same time as negotiating a good deal for both sides, mm-hmm. the tactics that were used in this, I think both sides should be you know ashamed of how they approached and, and decided that these would be the tactics they use in these negotiations
0: yeah i totally agree and you know it's the reason why i always i always said you know i hope the league is and i hope the players are getting a good advice you know the best way uh, you know if there are any readers out there that are listening to us go go pick yourself up the book seven of seven habits of effective people um it talks about you know it, it talks about leadership it talks about characteristics of guys who are or, or people who can really influence people but more importantly you know there's a really important piece on how to actually negotiate you know um t- and and the main per and the main piece of this 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 whole book is when it comes to negotiations, base yourself on a win-win, right? For both P. And I think that that's what you're talking about. I think that the CFL, whenever they do negotiate anything, they need to start from a more interpersonal level and not treat it like you said, uh, Glenn, like, like a car salesman talking to a, to a new family that, that wants a sedan. I think that, you know, if you approach the table and say, look, we're going to get this out here the, um, right now. We want to understand where you're coming from. We want to understand what's important to you, and we want you to understand what's important to us because we think we can structure an agreement here where there's a win-win for both parties. And, Glenn, I think that's what you're talking about. I don't think that approach is taken here.
3: Okay, so we'll just take a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up our conversation with Glenn Suter for Quality Tire. This is the Sports Cage for our friends at spreads.ca on 620 CKRM.
5: Sports tickers for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. A quick update in the National Hockey League. The New York Rangers and Carolina Hurricanes are all tied up at one at the end of the first period of play. That series is tied up at two in the big series tonight. Edmonton Oilers taking on the Calgary Flames. Edmonton up three games to one in that series.
3: Press coverage with Glenn Suter brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Suits, we'll throw it back to you on the Western Pizza hotline with some more talk on the CBA.
1: I, I want to mention again the value of Canadians in our league. I, I really do. I want to make this point because uh, I just I feel like so many great players and great people are getting sort of their reputations just because they're Canadian. You know, in our country, we support our canadian athletes in every sport at every level but for some reason football is different and sometimes it comes from within which is in a lot of ways heartbreaking there is no question that our professional football the canadian football league has a developmental aspect to it and if people don't understand the importance and dynamic of the canadian ratio in that regard then i I just I'm exhausted in trying to explain that over and over. It's not necessarily about who's the better player on day one of training camp. It's about who's the best player and who's best for the country and the team and the league over time. If you look at the leading receiver in rider history, that is Ray Elgard. Think of the thousands, hundreds of receivers that have played over the history of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Ray Elgard is the leading receiver Ray guard is a Canadian the most yards in a game because some people will take that note and they'll go down a rabbit hole and say, well, that's because he played so long. And then I'll say, okay. And that's because he had the ratio and that's why he played so long. And I'll say, okay, well, the most yards in a game was by Chris DeFrance. Second is Andy Fantus, a Canadian. The longest reception ever in rider history was Jeff Fairholm, a Canadian. Those guys didn't start in day one, and maybe when they showed up in camp, there was an American receiver that was better that got cut. But if you don't understand the importance of the developmental part and aspect of Canadian football and what it does for college football and amateur football in our country, then I just I don't think you're ever going to get it. You know, it's, just, it's, it's kind of a waste of breath from that point on. But our yeah. Canadians, we should be proud of. They're world-class. They're motivated, they're homegrown, they're proud of our league and proud of representing their teams. They are the guys that stay here in the community after, more so. There are there are some Americans that stay. I'm not, you know, this mm-hmm. is not a, a brush covering all of them. But they stay in the community, they become community leaders, and they're proud to be representing their, their team colors. The, the, the This Canadian Football League has got to be proud of their Canadian athletes, and promote and push them, not degrade in the value. And that's, My, uh, you know,
3: yeah. we, can leave, we can
1: leave it at there, balsy I know you feel okay. the same way. Yeah, I'm well, really I, happy. I hope this gets voted in and we can play ball.
3: Yeah, me too. And, I, and uh, you've had a lot of American teammates. Luke has. We love our Americans. Wes Cates. I mean, I can go on and on and on. But I'm going to say this. the To pick on Canadians is the lazy way out. We didn't play football for one year. Uh, we were the only league not to play professional professionally in North America for one year. We came back on a short season, had a great, great cup, like you said. But we have not had scoring where it's at because we don't have elite quarterbacking in our league right now. The elite quarterback is Bo Levi Mitchell, and he's on the other side of the hill. We got guys that are good, that are cutting their teeth, that are learning the game. And those quarterbacks are American and nobody says anything about them. They're American. They must be good. I haven't heard one person say we don't have elite quarterbacking. Our quarterbacking isn't like Calvillo, Durant, Ray, the list goes on. at Riley, Lule back in the day. We don't have those guys right now. We have Bo Levi-Mitchell and then a bunch of other guys and a young Canadian that really hasn't played. So don't tell me it's Canadians. It's not Canadians. It's not just Canadians. That's a lazy way out and a poor excuse, and I'm tired hey, of it.
1: seven of the last nine leading rushers have been Canadian. Three times Andrew Harris, three times John Cornish. Yeah. That position could have been played by any American at any time. And Brad Sinopoli is a great example of this, too.
7: Mm-hmm. Drafted
1: as a quarterback in mm-hmm. Calgary and becomes a 1,000-yard receiver and breaks the Ottawa football record for catches in a year. Because they move him, they let him develop, and he becomes a star receiver in a championship team, on a championship team. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're, they're all good examples. We could yeah. go on and on. But listen, if there are people out there that don't get it, then I'm not sure they ever will.
3: No. Glenn, thanks for this, man. we got to go. We're late for a break. Take care, my friend. Okay, guys. Thank you. Take care. Have a good weekend. That's Glenn Souter. We'll be back with more of the Sports gauge after our 6 o'clock news on 620 CKRM.
5: Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism advocating for Saskatchewan's older people for 30 years skseniorsmechanism.ca
3: And welcome back to the Sports Cage here from the broadcast booth at Griffith Stadium Luke's gone to go handle some uh personal stuff and I'm going to Take her home here with my buddy Sean Kleisinger back in Regina. I want to tell you the show is brought to you by our great friends over there at uh, spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and get 15 free spins on the slot machine for a chance to win $1 million. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. And our text line is powered by Capital Ford Lincoln at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, Saskatchewan's number one Ford dealership. Zinger, we got
5: a couple of texts here on a very important day in the CFL, hopefully. A couple texts here. Josh is listening on the tractor in uh, Simpson, Saskatchewan, and Josh wants Randy Ambrosie fired ASAP. <laughs> Hmm. So uh we got that one uh, Adam and Theodore says uh, guys appreciate your opinions but I respectfully disagree with your opinion on nationalized Canadians there are American players in this league that have done a lot in the community during the off season been elite players and deserve to have a chance to be able to big uh to be able to make a bit more money as a nationalized Canadian that's from uh, Adam and
3: yeah, Theodore Yeah I, I I don't, I don't I don't uh I don't disagree. I'm okay with one a team. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay with two or three. And I don't see personally how they're going to be able to, um, administer that to, to look after that. That is going to be very interesting. It, yeah. it opens the door to a lot of cheating and a, not cheating, not cheating. Cheating's the wrong word. It's going to be within the rules. It'll be interesting to see how they limit that because it's, to say it's 49% is open-ended. It's open-ended. It doesn't mean is that 49% can you do it in the last three minutes of a quarter? Like there's a lot of gray area there and the more rules you put on, the harder, uh, harder it'll be to regulate. So I'm very interested to see how that is going to go um, when we have this guy on the show do you have any other text click yeah quickly, did I yeah, quickly one
5: more got allison and kevin listening in sherwood park alberta just to the west of us here really mm-hmm. hoping for good cfl news tonight for oilers game my co-worker is driving with the, his girlfriend to calgary he said it was cheaper getting two tickets hotel and gas than going to a game here at rogers place in edmonton mm-hmm. Go Riders yeah, some... and Oilers from Ellison. Yeah, I
3: agree. Go Riders and Oilers. Much more rabid fan base in Edmonton. You can just tell watching and listening they've they've suffered through a lot over the years. Actually, the Calgary Flames have uh, had a worse track record playoff-wise than the Oilers. Just the Oilers get more heat because they've had all those number one picks. So that's been the difference. I I want to see, as an Oilers fan, Edmonton finish off Calgary, but I do know Edmonton never does the easy way, as evidenced by Mike Smith giving up a 132-foot shorthanded goal. So I would fully expect Daryl Sutter to have his team ready to go, and I think we will be back in Edmonton Saturday for a Game Six. I hate to say it, uh, let's. Uh, did you say out. Edmonton has struggled a lot through the years, Ballsy? Did I hear that right? Like, well, they, they they had a decade of darkness there, buddy. They had a decade of darkness. They went from 2000. 2006 then they didn't make the playoffs till what, So basically Connor McDavid got there? But
5: they won like five cups or whatever it was in the 80s. I think that's a yeah. good trade-off, isn't it?
3: No. Well, I mean, yeah, they do. And, you know, uh, my old joke is a bra has more cups than the flames. <laughs> 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 You're not wrong. Anyway, no, I'm not, wrong. not anyway, wrong. Anyway, anyway, when we have this guy on, Arash Madani, the Madani Report, it's for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546 33 and I talked to Brian Golly today. he was driving around with my buddy Perry and I, a couple of good guys there. They know how to get deals done. Uh, Arash Madani, will we get a deal done here with the CFL tonight? Do you think?
7: I I think so, Balzi. How is Brian
3: Golly doing? He's doing way? really. He's gonna do. He's doing really well. He told me he's looking forward to. Uh, he sponsors you. He's hoping uh, yes. that we can all sit down and break some bread at the Grey Cup when you come in here.
7: I I cannot wait. Um, I am very appreciative because Brian has been such a uh, such a big partner of what we do, and mm-hmm. especially during the the early days, the dark days of COVID, Brian continued to, uh, to to partner with us, and for that I have a lot of gratitude. Because as you know, you and I text all the time, mm-hmm. uh, coming on with coming on with CKRM and doing the sports gauge um this is not hyperbole is legit one of the highlights uh well two of the highlights of my week um,
3: yeah we uh we enjoy having you on too, uh, for sure and it's great uh, one thing about sports it's more than just the scores it's the stories and making friends and i consider you one so uh you uh, do uh, have a lot to do with the cfl still in terms of contacts. are you getting a sense that we'll get this thing done tonight do you think this will get done and ratified finally i think both people both sides finally even though it's been a, a long and winding and interesting negotiation situation here rash i think they both get the gravity of the situation
7: i i, I don't think anybody definitively knows michael what's going to happen tonight i think a lot of people believe that the deal will get approved by the players i mean this is like any kind of election really um everybody goes to the ballot box and you have a sense you have an idea of how things are going to go, but until they're actually counted up, um, you don't know. Um, Dewey did not defeat Truman, um, yeah, so it's we true. have to we have to remember that. You know, Michael, and I have a question for you. And I know, and I was hoping Luke was going to be on too, as Canadian, because I'm sitting here, and I, I'm just thinking about Canadians and sports. Because a couple of days ago, I'm in St. Louis, and there's Tyler O'Neill playing for the Cardinals. And here's somebody who was in the NL NL MVP conversation. And then I watched Joey Votto last night speak so eloquently on the school shooting in Texas. And there's a guy who's from suburban Toronto on his way to the Hall of Fame. And I'm watching Tim and Friends this afternoon, and Elijah Fitcher, one of the top high school players in North America, who's Canadian, announces he's going to Texas Tech. And I'm watching the Golden State Dallas NBA preview show, and they're talking about Andrew Wiggins, the number one overall pick in the draft from Toronto originally, how he's you know turned it on and dominating this series. And I'm listening to all this, Michael, and I'm watching all this, and I'm asking myself, why on God's green earth? At a time where there are so many talented Canadians in every sport and football, John Metchie, the receiver for Alabama, we have we have more kids drafted every year than ever before. Why is the CFL hell bent on reducing the number of Canadians mm-hmm. in the game and on the field? I, well,
3: well, I don't understand. This is interesting. Like I, I want to. I like the, th- I like things to marinate before. I know I'm a very opinionated guy, so I, I, I do jump on things quickly, but it- it's interesting to me, and I think maybe I'll pick your brain on this. So. Everything stays status quo right now for this year. Next year, it's two veteran Americans that have been in the market three years or in the league four years, it's my understanding, down one year from five. But I don't know that for sure, but that's what I've heard. So so they'll play 49% of the snaps, and we can get into the whole, will it be regulated, how will it be regulated? That could be a nightmare, but whatever. It's
7: impossible to be regulated. (laughs) Yeah, it is.
3: It is. And then, then in 2024, it's going to be bumped to three. Same formula. But – but there is something here that kind of speaks out of the, the right side of the mouth if the other thing is coming out of the left side of the mouth. If you, the, the, the two teams that have the most Canadian snaps will get an extra Canadian draft pick at the end of the yeah. second round. So, But my thing is, if we're, if, we're, yeah, if, we're, if we're trying to reduce Canadians, then how is that a caveat or a carrot? It's
7: just optics. It's a sandwich pick. It's a third-round pick. How many third-round picks are impact players? And now it's going to be harder for Canadians to crack a roster anyway. This is the issue, Michael. Instead of wanting to come to a solution, they play the optics game. How are you going to govern 49% of snaps when you have no idea how many snaps are going to be in a football game? What are you going to, what are you going to do? We're on, on second and goal... With, with 15 seconds left, someone's going to have a calculator and saying, wait a minute, if there's two more snaps, well, that won't get to 49%. You've got to get 54 off the field.
5: Yeah, you're right. Come on. It's a it's mess, like, man. What are
7: we doing? What are we even talking about here? It's complete BS 49%. Stop it. Stop it. There, th- this is the first step in what the league has wanted to do for quite some time. And, Michael, this is going back two CBAs ago. They've wanted to reduce the number of Canadians on the roster. They've wanted to reduce the number of Canadian starters. They've wanted to do this for a long time. And now they're finding different ways of going about it with the naturalized and the 49% and this and that. They're more... Their their focus is driven more towards mandating global players Mm -hmm. than growing the Canadian game.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's, and that's
7: not debatable because we're watching it unfold right before our very eyes.
3: Yeah, and all I can say to, and we're going to keep you for a short one today, Arash, and have you on a little longer tomorrow, because uh, i got to fit in a great Craig Smith interview, and I know you like Craig Smith. Um, yeah, great dude. Great dude. It, it's just, it, it it. I know when the Rough Riders won the Great Cup on one of the greatest nights of their, maybe the greatest night of their history on home turf in 2013, they had 10 starting Canadians on the roster, 10, mm-hmm. 10 of them. And right in that wheelhouse was when TSN had the greatest ratings for CFL coverage right there, right in that, in the wheelhouse from about 2010 to 2015, and we had more Canadians playing than ever. Uh, you know, I, I think Rob, it's a late...
7: Rob Bagg was drafted when, Michael?
3: Rob Bag was never drafted. He was a free oh. agent guy. Oh. He was a free Chris agent Getzlaff,
7: guy. Chris, Gret- Chris Getzloff was drafted when?
3: Uh, if he was drafted, it was late by Hamilton, and it took him a while to develop
7: exactly now mm-hmm. tell me how integral they were to that night in Regina
3: mm-hmm <laughs> you you hit if the
7: nail on you me. don't have players if you don't have the the need to have X number of Canadians if we're gonna reduce the number of Canadians teams will not be patient to develop kids to be patient with kids to coach kids to turn them into the next raw bag and the next Chris gets to have memories like you have from that night when the riders won on home turf mm. these are facts
5: yes they are
3: facts this is they not are hyperbole
7: absolute. this is yeah. reality
3: well we'll see what happens tonight hopefully i'm hoping for a cba and then uh, i guess we, we figure are. it out as we, we as we as, are. as it goes along hey uh, thanks for your time Arash. we'll talk to you in a rare friday edition tomorrow and uh, we'll talk some baseball and some other stuff too okay
2: Looking forward to it, Balsy.
3: Thanks, brother. When we come back on the other side, we'll wrap up with one of the good guys in this league, Craig Smith, former CFL scout, who is a member of the Ryder staff in 2013. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: Color, We're
3: Talking together. mostly CFL, waiting for hopefully the players to ratify the... Final offer from the CFL the CBA so we can have football and preseason football right here on 620 CKRM next Tuesday. By the way, my producer Zinger brought that up too. I did. I mean, I love McDavid, but you got to give kudos to Nathan McKinnon last night. An end-to-end rush. Puts the puck through his legs and scores on Huso from uh, St. Louis The hat-trick goal. They'd go on to lose, but that guy is unbelievable. Another unbelievable guy I caught up with yesterday. Craig Smith, former longtime scout, having his own health battles, but he was doing what he loves watching football yesterday. Here with a buddy of the show, Craig Smith. I know you've uh, listened to the show quite a bit, so uh, glad to have you on here once again. Uh, you're out in your element. You're watching Ryder football. How does it feel, bud?
9: It feels great, and what a day this is. You know, I had to put more sunscreen on because it's so nice. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's great, and you just... You know, as a player personnel guy, what am I doing? I'm looking at okay, what number, what's he, okay. You know, he makes a nice catch and all that kind of stuff. So I'm always looking at the player personnel. Yeah. And it, like you said, I'm in my element and this
3: is this is what I'd like to do. Craig is a player personnel guy. How happy are you to see the Rough Riders not just throw the Canadians on the offensive line? Like they've got some real contributing guys in the receiving core. Micah Tights was playing Will, linebacker, very meaningful. I love the fact that uh, they're just not pigeonholing Canadians. At least it doesn't appear that way.
9: Well, you know, that's true. And, you know, I, th- I believe they've done that for, for more than a decade. You know because of what they've done as far as you know with receivers and it's not just offensive linemen there's there's some good quality kids that are playing other positions and and they this this organization has been very successful with that formula so it's good to see for sure yeah, for you good. know you know what i've done in the last you know my last uh say 11 years in the league all i did was go across canada and look at, at Canadian colleges. And, and it, from, the, from when I first got into the league in 2001 until when I finished, it, it's unbelievable how good the Canadian content
3: is. Let me stop you there. You're a guy that's seen it all. I've heard not, not just from you. I've heard it from coaches in this league, the CFL. I've obviously heard it from you sports coaches. The coaching's better. The players are never more prepared than they are now. The combine numbers are showing that. They, they say this was a weaker draft class, but I think that is indicative of what we saw in the CFL with no season. And then when the U sports guys came back, they only played six games. So sometimes we're prisoners in the moment with our worry about scoring and everything like that. But here's what I don't get. If Murray McCormick's story is to be believed today in the Leader Post, and we are going down now to six Canadians and one naturalized American as a Canadian... I'm not against that naturalized American, but initially the talk was seven and eight. Now it's six and seven. Something's not adding up to me, Craig. Why are we dropping Canadians in the Canadian Football League?
9: Well, it is a Canadian Football League, and that's the big thing. There's, there's, uh, I, I can't, I don't know what it is now. Is it 20, 20 Canadians, twenty-one, and, uh, 21 yeah. now? And uh, you know, that's the bottom line. It's the CFL. It's the Canadian Football League, and. Guys come out of college and sometimes they're not ready to be a starter. They're not ready. You know, they're they're learning how to be a pro. And that could take a couple of years. I always talk about Brent Johnson and I love the guy and he's one of one of the better edge guys that we've had in our league. When Brent Johnson came up, it wasn't Brent Johnson that we saw down the road. We drafted Getzlaff in Hamilton. Um, that wasn't the Getzlaff that we saw down the road. Kids develop, Canadian kids develop. And like I have been saying, Last year, when I was you know, off, I, I spent a lot of time in clinic talks um, with a lot of Canadian coaches. You know, and I just sat there and I was just amazed at, at the quality of the Canadian coaches. I, I've, I've been across, uh, you know, uh, I did a lot in Canada West last year, talking with the coaches, how knowledgeable these guys are. How, the passion that these guys show for the game, the development of the players. And it, it, like you said, it's the Canadian Football League. When they came out and they said that, okay, we're going to go with to no Canadians. You know, I almost threw something through my TV. You know, this is the CFL. As soon as I heard that, I just thought, you know what? A lot of guys are going to lose that that dream of playing professional football. And people say, oh, you know, we shouldn't have that. Well, bullshit. And that, that, you know, we should. We've always done it. We've had this league for so many years. It's it's worked. The the so how many times have you heard the product is great? We don't have a
3: problem with the product,
9: you know. Uh, you know, it's I.
3: It's the business model. It's the business model.
9: Yeah, and don't forget. I mean, certain 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 areas, it's tough because if you go to Toronto, you got those. You know, they got the Raptors, you got the Blue Jays, you got the Leafs. The, the Argos aren't top dog. Then you got the soccer now. You know, and, and same with you know, I still believe I was at BC for eight years, and I believe there's a good core there that uh, that want to go. BC's a little different. I lived there 17 years, and everybody and their dog says, "Oh, you got so much to do." Let me tell you, there's 10 games. So you, know, you can't put aside 10 games. What's why? Yeah. You got you know uh, you know. <laughs>
3: I think they get it figured out now with the owner if they can ever get on the field. My question to you is this, Craig Smith. Are you worried that if something doesn't get done here soon, that this could be the, uh, the the death blow for the CFL? I don't think we can afford to have a shortened season, and God forbid another missed season.
9: Well, look at what we went through. I mean, we went through a year with no football, then we went through a, a year of shortened season, and that was tough. And now we get this, and you know, to say death blow, I don't know about that, but I mean, it, I, it's probably pretty darn close. And you know, we want to get going. We I was looking so forward to the Friday uh, exhibition preseason game. It was going to be on to see the players, to see the, the who who's the new guys. So when I was a kid, I used to go to Bomber games. That's what I'd look for. I'd okay, look at. I, I would go to training camp and look. Oh, I was a, a, a little player personnel guy when I was 16 years old, going to practice and think, wow, look at this guy uh, Chuck. And we used to get a lot of guys that came up from in the SEC. Alabama guys, you know David Bailey, Chuck Strickland, Robin Parkhouse, Jimmy Poulos from Georgia. But I'd go and I think, oh man, is this guy going to make it? And then maybe the odd guy would get cut, and I'd think, what the heck are they doing? You know, like I was, I was doing it. So yeah, we need we need this league. It's and you know the other thing, before I got into this, before I started coaching, I went 11 years coaching from the Pee Wees to the Pros. But before that, Kathy and I used to go to Grey Cups. I think we went to uh I think we went to a, a 12 Grey Cups uh before I was in one. Yeah. And and but we and you know the thing is is that weekend, that week is it's Canadiana.
3: That's Craig Smith in conversation with me yesterday. We are waiting to see if the CFL Players Association ratifies the CBA. The Riders are the last team to vote and uh, we'll see uh, what happens. Uh they've got a 6:45 meeting. Brett Lothar will take over the dressing room, the PA rep, tell them what the deal's all about, they'll vote, and then we'll find out. The deadline is 10 p.m. our time. So as soon as we know, uh, we will uh, get the information to you. Check our website, check our social media page. And, uh, there you go. That'll do it for the sports cage for spreads.ca. Hopefully, we're talking football, actual football tomorrow. Oh, I hope so. This has been the sports cage on 620 CKRM.
5: The sports cage podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism, working to make affordable home supports for seniors a reality. skseniorsmechanism.ca.